0: Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisela. I should be rocking out to start the things today because of my guest, Rich, uh, who is Rock and Roll Reimagined. And um, it sounds like a catchy title, but it's actually also a very interesting story. So I'm really excited to have you here today and um super delighted to have you talk about your journey and to share with people how what you know what you're up to and how you got here. So i going to you, introduce nice yourself a little bit, and we'll go forward from there.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. I, I love being on the show with you. Um, name is Rich Chambers, and um, as, you, as you said, I'm Rock and Roll Reimagines, the tagline I've come up with, and there's many iterations that got me to that point, but um, to give a bit of background, I'm a, I always, I, I, I dub myself a middle-aged rocker. That's reality. That's who I am, and uh, the very first podcast I did since I started this, uh, I'll backtrack. I'll give you a little bit of history about me. Um, I, I grew up um, around music. My dad played guitar and my mom was listening to music like no tomorrow. And I can remember sitting, you know, at family functions, my dad pulls his guitar and I'd be fascinated what he's doing. I would grab my little Mickey Mouse toy guitar and I would play along with him thinking I was playing with him. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I also remember um, the one of the most profound memories I have, because for me, songwriting is what it's all about. I, I, I love playing guitar. I love singing. But they would have just been hobbies if I hadn't found a passion for songwriting. And I can remember, when I was a five-year-old kid. I was sitting with my dad, and he's uh, the only time I think of when I was a kid where I ever actually stayed quiet and stayed still. <laughs> and he was sitting in front of the record player, and he'd drop the needle on the record, and he'd write down the words of the song, he'd figure out the chords, and I sat there just kind of jaw dropped, fascinated with with the process, with what he was doing. And I was only five years old at the time, and I figured that's where the the passion for songwriting started. And when I was ten years old, and large enough or big enough to get my hands wrapped around the guitar. My mom put me in guitar lessons and I was having fun and it didn't really take until I wrote my first song at 14. I was joined rock and roll bands in high school. I was in the school band and I wrote my first song. I went, holy cow, this is something else. I can create music. And it was pretty rudimentary. I still remember it, but it's a rudimentary song, but that started me off on on the the sort of rock and roll thing. And Going through high school, I played in high school band and we got fairly successful in the community. And out of high school, I was going to be a rock star. Yeah, here I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a cocky kid that I was. I barely passed high school. And then I did about a year uh, um, working a very menial job and trying to be a rock star. And very quickly after playing some pretty cheesy dives and, and places like that, I realized, oh, my goodness, Rich, this is going nowhere. I did one of the smartest things I've ever done in my life. I went back to school. Mm-hmm. One of the best things I ever did. And it's funny because I often laugh just the other couple of years ago, I was toying with doing a PhD and here's somebody barely past high school is on the verge of uh, going into a PhD. So I got a bachelor's degree and master's degree on the way. I'm a huge, huge advocate of education, education rocks, uh, massive advocate of education. So that was one of the best moves I ever did. And along the way, I started a family and I started, I had my kids and uh, I got into another band and we played together about 15, 16 years. So I've always kept it going and I've always uh, kept music going. And I said, there's a moment about two or three years three years ago, and very profound moment, because I think we all have our moments where we're looking in that metaphorical mirror of life. And, you know, you're looking at yourself, and say, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's this all about? And I, and I looked in the, in the mirror one day and I said, Rich, this is your passion. Why are you not doing this? And I looked at myself and I realized I didn't have an answer to that question. So I made my commitment right then and there to myself to go full in and go after music like no tomorrow. And that was about three years ago. And one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I have absolutely no regrets. So I I often joke to people, the first podcast I was on, I didn't realize what I was saying. And the interview started laughing so hard. And I said... You know, I hit a midlife crisis, but instead of buying a convertible getting a young girlfriend, I bought a guitar and started recording music and he starts laughing away. And I thought, gee, that's, you know, it's, that's the truth. though. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's sort of where rock and roll Reimagined came from. Um, mm-hmm. And along the way, it's been an amazing journey because now I've, I've got Spotify streams. I got one songs up for 1.2 million streams. I got uh, a bunch that's of 200,000 range. I've been getting airplay all around the world and it's very kind of cool moment about a year ago i, I was talking to a, st- a station in new zealand and this music director said oh yeah rich we're playing your music i said great so yeah i went into went on the website to find out what they're about and they happened to play my song right then and there and i'm up on the corner mm-hmm. there's a picture of me and my songs playing live and i thought this is so cool and the song finished and i'm just kind of go wow this is awesome I, saw, I heard myself on the radio and john lennon's imagine falls right after and i'm thinking wow in company with John Lennon, this rocks. Mm-hmm. So I had that moment where, wow, I must be doing something right. <laughs> that was a station in New Zealand. And mm-hmm. so i had stations and, and, and lots of stations in Europe. And this is just radio. Radio's a tough nut to crack, that's for sure. Um, but I'm starting to make headways there and um, starting to gain. And I uh, recently, I've had a huge following in Mexico. I've had my Google Translator. I will trying to you know, translate all my Spanish into English, and uh, that's been amazing to, to find out. You know, I've had reviews uh, translated in Portuguese, Mexican, or Spanish, French, English. I mean, it's awesome to get th- this sort of coverage worldwide. And I like to think that I'm sort of banging on the door of the big time right now. And I'm, I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's been an amazing journey. So I'm at a point in my life where lots of people are, okay, I'm X amount of years to retirement. Okay, I'm going to settle with this. And I have my money put away here. And I've done a, some of that as well. I'm not throwing all my eggs in the basket because I don't think that's a smart move. But I've taken all the discretionary income that I have and I've budgeted, planned it, and I'm going full in to st- plan going after my passion. So that's why I always say you're never too old to dream or young for that matter. Because uh, mm-hmm. what's, what's a dream? Does, I mean, you know, as soon as you stop dreaming, that's when you really get old, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I think that's, I think that's a really beautiful message. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. I'm so excited about your um, getting this chance to talk to you. I mean, it's that you know, you said that it like, it rocks that you uh, were on the same channel with uh, John Lennon. It's like, no, no, legitimately it rocks because you're, yes. you're doing like music. Like we yeah. always say like, oh, you're a rock star, but some, you know, <laughs> like you're like, wait a minute. Um, so this wasn't, I, I asked you some questions that I want to kind of get to that stuff. But one of the things that you just said really r- reminded me of, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of narratives and I don't know like if this is just America or it's sort of global where the idea of success as an artist is like you know either you're you know Beyonce <laughs> right. or or you know whatever and and I think there's this other place right where you can have the ability to do what you love and and get connection with people around your art and make some kind of living you know right I know right now that's not but but I think it's possible and it doesn't have to be this idea of like intense stardom. It can be this fulfilling experience of I'm playing things, I'm creating, I'm connecting, you know, you've know, got a following in Mexico. And not to say that that, you know, couldn't, I mean, everyone has the possibility of that, but I think there's some wisdom and um, I don't know, sustainability maybe in recognizing that that's, that's fine. It happens. I don't, you know, not everybody actually wants to bear that this intensity of that kind of focus but there's a way to be in it that's fulfilling and 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 sustainable in some way whether you make a living or you find a discretionary way like it's a a, a hobby that pays for itself and and you get to be in that um i don't know i just feel like that's an important thing because i feel like sometimes there's this i i hear from people who are because i do business consulting so i hear you know people and there's a lot of like messaging that sounds like sort of like if i'm not the best or i'm not like famous or I don't make millions, somehow I haven't succeeded. I'm like, no, actually, I think there's a lot of ways to succeed before that happens. Um,
1: well, we, we get caught in the sort of societal pressure, societal uh, movement. Success is deemed by how many times you're on a magazine, how many times you, how many likes you get on Facebook and things like that. But in my opinion, success has to be internally defined. you got to define mm-hmm. it within yourself. What does success mean to you? I mean, to some people, uh, if you take the music world, some people's success is just, hey, I learned how to play four cards, four chords on the guitar. That's success for that person. So you have to internally define it. Otherwise, you will never be successful. You will never have success. Success isn't an internal thing. So when I started this, I mean, my idea of success was doing what I love to do on a regular basis. Recording music that I've heard in my head for years and songs I've been and wow, I've been writing all kinds of songs in the last year and a half. It just it's spurned uh, this internal success is b- b- getting more inter- internal success within me. Um, so I, I've, I've had so much fun. Iceland I can't describe how much mm-hmm. fun I've had and the people around me have often said and I've had a, a few people message me on Facebook and and some of my friends and now I'm starting to branch on again. people I don't know at all as I start, as my net kind of gets wider and I've heard many times Rich you're inspiring and I thought inspiring really <laughs> I just do <laughs> what I do and I think that authenticity really resonates with a lot of people um and I'm glad it does uh, you know, because I think we need more people being authentic to themselves instead of trying to be what somebody else or some other societal uh, uh, representation tells them they should be. No, be what you want to be. Be yourself. And that's what success is, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great message. And uh, it's funny, My um, when one of my kids was eight or nine, they were like, when I grow up, I'm going to invent a teleporter. And one of their family <laughs> members is like, there's no licensing for that. You could start right now. And I always like resonate. Like, I was like, oh, that's a good point. You know, that if you, I mean, he was nine and teleporters, but he, <laughs> like, he could have studied physics and come up with something. I don't know. And it's just, but it's like either way, the, that discipline of attempting to learn something and attempting to create something, I don't mm-hmm. think that is ever wasted. Whatever, whatever you're Never. focusing on, Never. if you're, if you're really trying to create, um, you're going to, I th- in the end, you're going to uncover something, you know, even if it's what you don't like and know like, okay, next time, maybe we'll try this other thing. Um, and I love that. Right. I love that this is your your midlife crisis, because I do think we get <laughs> to that point, right, where you just sort yeah. of like, I checked a bunch of boxes, and some of the things are what I was hoping for. And then there's mm-hmm. this other thing I lost track of this, this passion I had for music. and And I love that you embraced it and said, Hey, I'm gonna do this. And I I definitely part of why I started by is I feel like I see a lot of people limit themselves for one reason or another. And and that's I think that's a lot of the harm that we live in. It Mm -hmm. starts with the harm we do ourselves by saying, you know, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm, you know, I'm to this or to that. Instead of saying no, I'm just gonna go practice and see what happens. And um, I just I love that uh, like you I honestly think it is inspiring. I love that you're putting that out there because there's a lot of folks that um you know, I think need to see that and be reminded, even if they know it just to be reminded, like, oh, it's okay. And and I think, at, let me tell me, ask me, or let me ask you this. Cause I, I wonder if I feel like there's a point in your life where you think you're supposed to know things and, and you like, it becomes harder to risk being like, you know, an amateur, like a cult on new legs in front of other people. Like, is that, do you think that's part of a, a, a hesitation people have to get over to, try something new like this? Or oh, sure do you have to get over that? Or <laughs> Sure it is.
1: I saw lots of people get entrenched within uh, their own sort of sphere of self. Uh, yeah. And what I mean by that is you just get entrenched in your day to day. I think too much, of too many of us are defined by what we do as opposed to who we are. You know, I'm a teacher, I'm a firefighter. I'm no, you're not. You're a person. And what does the person, what do you embrace? And what are the things that you do? And I, I, I work at a university during the day and I spent years advising students. And I often mm-hmm. come, they would come to me all the time and say, Rich, I don't know I want to be. I said, you're not, you are already something. It's not a matter of what mm-hmm. you want to be. And I say, you you go after the things that you like. So don't try and define, don't try and have, your, have a career define yourself. I say, you define your career. And that's the same for anything in life. You don't let life define you. You define your life. And I often think that people spend too much time looking at when you're posed with a problem, or you're posed with an issue, people spend too much time looking at the, the obstacles in front of them. Or they look at the reasons why it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Screw that. Look at how it can be done. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then as you start working towards it, you overcome the obstacles. And, they, and if you look, take that perspective, it just becomes an obstacle and not a barrier. And there's a big difference between those two things. Mm-hmm. And I also think that too many people um, have excuses instead of reasons. Reasons and excuses are completely two different things. And, you know, I'm going to, when I have such and such in place, then I'll go after that. Or when I get this, I'm going to go after that. Why, why do you have to wait? Why not just go mm-hmm. after it? Why not start planning? Like you said, you said earlier, sometimes you can just start planning and that's a move in the right direction. Uh, and there's going to be some failures. Lots of people are are, are subconsciously, un- unconsciously afraid of failure. We don't outright say to ourselves oh i'm going to fail so i won't do it but somewhere in the back of our head we're always worried oh what if i trip and fall so what Mm -hmm. if you trip and fall that's how you learn that's what makes you go forward and and if you go into things as realistic and as pragmatically as you can it's a strange dichotomy that to go to pursue a dream and be internally successful because you have to embrace the fact that um, you got to be think way out there, and you got to you break down all sort of mental barriers, and you got to think whatever is possible is possible. But you also have to juxtapose that with a mindset that says, okay, I have to do my due diligence, I have to plan, I have to be pragmatic, I have to put things together appropriately. And those two things don't necessarily jive well together. For those who can make them jive, then you know anything's possible because that's mm-hmm. the, my, in my opinion, that's the ticket to just going for things. Be able to put mm-hmm. the fantasy together with the reality and make it say, make something happen
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really true i uh the i have a little encapsulation i was like a goal without a plan is a wish <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in terms of just my and you know i used to say that to my kids but also just for myself like there's a lot of things that i'm happy to daydream about because they seem interesting but if i yeah. haven't actually sat down to say okay and what's real about this then it's really more of a wish than it is anything yeah. else because you know it rarely i mean there are people that it happens to but rarely do the things you want just randomly fall in your lap you do have to put yeah. some effort out <laughs> to yeah. like make that happen um so something you mentioned is this still happening the um you were it sounds pretty cool the you're in the running to be the opening act at audacity yes. entertainment yes is there, okay so still let me the run. in the running let me put this link up and will you tell people a little bit about this and how they Oh, can thank you. you? That's yeah. What, yeah, this
1: is pretty darn cool. Um, yeah. It's opening act and it's run by Odyssey Entertainment, one of the big uh, radio conglomerates in the U S and I'm Canada myself, but Canadians are, are, are allowed to enter the contest. And uh, what it is, is I've been, I've, I've gone to the first couple of weeks. And now it's getting tighter and it's getting harder to advance. And every week you have to be uh, within a every week a few bands and artists get dropped out and you keep getting the small select few at the end. And there's still about three, four more weeks to go. And it's mm-hmm. done by fan voting. So the winner of the contest gets to open an, a major performance of the Hollywood bowl. You get $10,000 too, which is very cool. Don't get me wrong. But for me, it's all about the Hollywood bowl. I want to play at the Hollywood bowl. That uh, yeah. life is all about experiences. It's not about mm-hmm. dollars and cents. It's about experiences. And I would love to be able to play at the Hollywood Bowl and open a, a major act there. So uh, if anybody listening wants to vote for me, please go to that link there and mm-hmm. uh, just cast a free vote for me via their Facebook profile. I can also see all my videos are on there and you can see the kind of stuff that I'm doing and the, the music that, uh, that I'm writing and recording. And it's, it's a cool contest. And also uh, it's put on for charity. They, they're sponsoring a, a suicide relief fund, I believe it is. So there's, it's a real good charity oh, wow. that they're working towards mm-hmm. as well. So it's a cool event all the way around.
0: Nice. That is fantastic. And I just popped your website up as well. So if oh, you're you. looking for more information or you want to listen to uh, Rich's music is everywhere. I found it on um, hey, my hey, platform I'm... of choice, Apple Music. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you want to go to his website, it has a link to every place you can, can hear what he's got going on as well as listen to it there. Um, and let me see. So we like wanted to make sure I brought that up. And then the other thing that, um, you were talking about in terms of your, your desire. So one of the things I always ask people is like, what, what are you going to create in this world? Like if you, if you're successful in your dream, obviously yep. there's what you're creating for yourself. Right. And then mm-hmm. what is? but then that larger, um, that larger answer, and you, you shared some things, but I'll, I'll ask that I could bring up anything follow-up wise, but um, what is that? What is the, the small or large impact that that this experience is gonna have in the in the world?
1: Well it's a it's a great question. Uh because I, I can give you a little bit of uh I'll give give you the micro example and a more macro example. Uh the micro is I've always had as, as as I told you since I was a little boy, I've always had this passion for music. Started playing guitar at uh, seriously at 10 and 14, writing songs and and yeah. and I had that moment yeah. where <laughs> you're playing with the screens there. I had a problem for sorry i ah! I'm sorry I was just
0: like I like, you should be the big face because you're the one that we want to talk to. And I have to well, remember thank to can that up. You know, people
1: can see my, they can see my uh, Captain Kirk uh, plaque in the background. I love Star oh, Trek.
0: Yep. Anyway. Oh, man. So <laughs> you're just like me about Nichelle's passing yesterday. Like the I know I was,
1: I was. I saw that in the news. Went, oh, no. Another original Star Trek person passed away. She was a groundbreaker. Oh, my goodness. She was. was she a groundbreaker? Like, holy yeah. cow. People do not realize uh, um, what she did in the 60s. Mm-hmm. As a black woman on a television show, she became a role model and mentor for a lot of a lot of black women. So great individual. Yeah. Uh, she became a spokesperson for NASA after that as well. And, and I've, I believe she got a lot of kids involved in, and, and young women involved in math and science and STEM research and all very cool, very cool lady. Sad to her for yeah. passing. Anyway, where hey, were we guys. going? We'll go okay. Go back to what
0: you were <laughs> talking about. The
1: passion. Uh, <laughs> I had a micro example of what music can do. And it happened while, while I was raising my kids, and we had a band we played together 15 years, very good friends. And this one year we decided to do a uh, charity function at a local hospital here in Vancouver. And the hospital was for kids with severe disabilities. And these kids, they they had very little motor function. They were in wheelchairs, and it was it was very sad. Um So I went to this hospital and we were playing it with our acoustic guitars and going to blow them away with the electrics and the crazy drums. So we're playing in a corner of the recreation hall and they bring in about 15, 16 kids. And it's about two weeks from Christmas and we're playing Christmas songs. We're playing jingle bells and all the standards. And at one point I'm playing Frosty the Snowman and I'm singing and there's this kid in the front. He's about maybe 10 feet away from me. He's sitting in his wheelchair and there's not there's not a lot of recognition i can't tell you know he the poor kid did not have a lot of motor function put it that way and all of a sudden i can see the finger on his wheelchair starts tapping to the beat and i didn't think much of it but then the nurse practitioner next to him starts she's doing this and you can tell she can barely control herself and she's trying to get the other staff members to look and i guess this was a massive thing for this kid he was tapping the finger to the music and all the nurses are looking, you can see them in the back, and they start pointing, like, look, what's happening over there? And the whole uh, 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 sort of feeling in the room just lifted. And I had this moment where I thought, holy cow, the power of music. I mean, I'm getting just choked up just thinking about it. And that was an amazing moment for myself and the other bandmates. And when I was talking with just one of the other bandmates just the last week we were talking about this particular event. And it was so profound and impacted all of us and then we started doing a lot of these charity functions the next year we went to this hospice that was um called Canuck place in vancouver and it housed uh, uh terminally ill terminally ill children while they were receiving treatment and it was right before christmas and everybody that was healthy enough to go home went home except one little girl was still there and we were there and we played a concert for this one little girl and her mom and dad and and the staff and a couple months later we got a letter from this girl's mother and the girl passed since passed away And she went on to talk about what an amazing night that was, how much it meant to her daughter and to her and her husband that we did this. And, you know, and our, our drummer still has that letter. And that's sort of the micro example of what music can do. And that was a good 15 years ago. And now I'm at a point where, you know, I want to go bigger. I want to take that, what I did for those little kids and make it bigger, whether it be, you know, a song that just makes people tap the steering wheel when they're driving down the road, or if it's a song that helps them throw a breakup or if it's a song that helps them, uh, grieve the loss of a loved one, whatever. Um, music has that impact. I love the idea that music can make that impact on people in so many different ways. And that's the macro. That's what I want to do on a larger scale. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, I, so that's why when you g- Google my name, I'm popping up all over the place. Cause I'm working towards that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's great. thank you. So I guess it's true.
0: Like those songs become our friends. I mean, you you, you probably, you probably have what I know I have. I actually have a tradition. I started several years ago uh, with the, the streaming music where every year at the beginning of the year, I create a playlist and any song that like touches me or becomes, you know, meaningful or is nostalgia. So I could go back to like, you know, 2017 and I have a list of songs that, for whatever reason, had moved me that year, whether, you know, and it's kind of a fun little time capsule that I create for myself. Um, And they do, I usually find a song that's a theme and they become your friends throughout the years. So, yeah, no, that's a, I think that's really true that it It becomes our
1: soundtrack to life. Mm -hmm. I mean, look how how important it is for people to pick the right wedding song and -hmm. how important it is for people to pick the right song at a service for a passing of a loved one. I mean, on and on it goes. Uh, um, every th- moment in our life, we seem to accompany it with some kind of soundtrack. And you, you, mm-hmm. you do videos for people and you accompany it with music. Music, is, music has a way, in my opinion, music has a way of you're able to relive a moment through a song because a song is always live. A song is never static. Video can do the same thing, too. But music is even more powerful, in my opinion, because it conjures up the images and the imagination in your brain. Uh, and then you can go wherever you want and the music kind of floats you there and takes you there. And where else can you go back to a memory when you're five years old, there's no pictures or no video music can take you back there. And that's the wonderful thing in any way, any moment music can take you to anywhere in your life and any point in your life. And it's, it's super powerful. And that's what draws me to music and always has it kind of in my opinion, it kind of transcends, uh, uh, the sort of reality that we're in. It takes you to another level. And in my opinion, a wonderful level. If you let it. I and mean, mm-hmm. Some people, uh, you know, you got to sort of open your mind and let it get you away.
0: Well, what's your soundtrack? Do you, uh, it's like, you don't have to pick <laughs> too many. Maybe two, two songs. Of it, not yours, because we know those are yours. But like the songs that have inspired yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Or what, what, what was the song you heard that made you think, gosh, music for me. If you can remember. Or, you know. Well,
1: I remember being an impressionable young kid when John Lennon passed away. And that's what cooked me into the Beatles, because suddenly there was this resurgence of Beatles music. And I had just started guitar and uh, I was just a little kid. And I thought, holy cow, this music's amazing. And then I dove in, I realized mom had all these old Beatles vinyl LPs and I started playing them. And uh, that drove me towards uh, a big time towards music. And uh, Elvis is similar. And because mom grew up with it, loving Elvis. And so I, I then I dove in the Elvis LP she had. And start So I started out with the King and the Fab Four. So I guess that, that's <laughs> where my music uh, push started. But it's funny because I have snapshots of certain songs. And, and for whatever reason, uh, Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street always mm-hmm. reminds me of a closing summer day. And whenever I hear Baker Street late in the summer, I always get very nostalgic. And I don't know why. That song, for whatever reason, just uh, churns up a whole pile of awesome memories for me. Um Happy Xmas War is over. John Lennon does the same thing, I think, because my mother used to love it so much. Uh, there's a couple um Jenny dreamed of trains. I'll go way out there. Vince Gill reminds me of my mother. And my mother since passed away. And we're, her and I both were big Vince Gill country fans. And for every reason, when I hear that song, I think of mom. So it, it's amazing what music can do. And I sure I'm sure. So you go on anybody listening could go on and on about this song reminds me of that. That song reminds me of that. And that's amazing. Cause maybe you hear those songs, you're right back. I hear Vince Gill and suddenly I'm with my mom again. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty darn cool.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. I um, think what else we talked about your um, Hollywood bowl. What else do yes. you have coming up in? You know, do you, I do you play live music or do you? I don't do... at the moment. I don't okay. know,
1: but I, I'm 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 itching to get back. It's been this for a few years now. But when I did this huge push, it's all about me. I have a recording studio in in I mean I'm in my recording room right now where I've got my computer set up and yes. uh, uh um I've got all my plugins and all of my effects and I plug the guitar straight in the computer away so I don't upset my neighbors, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play the rock and roll guitar. I got the amplifier in the corner, but I saved that for other times. Um so I absolutely uh, love what I'm doing, and, and I have another song coming out in approximately two weeks. It's called okay. uh, "You're You're a Nice Guy," but the video we just finished up the video, and I'm going to be releasing that to um, radio stations across North America, country stations, as well as rock stations. Uh, pop stations, because one of the interesting things about me, and this has been absolutely fascinating and I saw what I discovered, is the beauty of Spotify and YouTube, they all have analytics where you can track who's playing you, who's listening to you, where, what country they're from, how old they are, what uh, gender they are. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. of the things I've discovered, I figure when I started this huge push two and a half years ago, I started with a Christmas album, I figure when I started this push, I would appeal to people in my age range, like 35 to right. 55 year old age range. I thought that's what I was going to appeal to. And I do But I'm looking at how many 18-year-olds like me. I'm looking at how many Mm -hmm. over 65, 70 year olds like me, and it's coming straight across the board where I don't have where these spikes in one demographic or another, which I absolutely love. I can't believe how many 18, 24 year olds are listening and watching my stuff. And I found this very interesting because I've also discovered the problem. I'm having a problem breaking through in a lot of radio areas and because the industry so genrefies everything. Uh, well, Rich, what are you? Are you rock? Well, you can't, yeah, kind of. No, no, no. Are you rock? Then you must be uh, indie rock, garage rock, punk rock. Whoa. And I, say, I stop and say, well, I'm kind of a little bit all of that. Really? Yeah. What are you? And, and and I have a hard time when it says classify your music. I have to go. It's pop slash country slash rock. Throw a little bit of blues in there, some jazz in there, some big band, and you got what I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where I came back to the term rock and roll. Nobody usually uses that term anymore. And I realized that the origins of rock and roll in the 50s were an amalgamation of r and country music, jazz music, everything sort of mishmashed together to create rock and roll. Because uh, there are a lot of white kids create rock and roll, but a lot of black people are already doing it. And mm-hmm. uh, but they just call it rhythm and blues. So suddenly, you know, you, you take this sort of this this big band uh, melodic country music and put a, a r Hardcore snare and, and and rhythm behind it. Suddenly, you've created rock and roll because you've amalgamated all these different forms of music, and we've sort of gotten away from that because now we we have to genreify everything. I miss the. I love the days. If you go back and look at the, the top 40 in probably 1969, you're going to find Aretha Franklin on it. You're going to find Dean Martin on it. You're going to find the Rolling Stones on it. You're going to find maybe Engelbert Humperdinck on it. You might find Dolly, <laughs> Parton, not Dolly Parton, but just prior to that, you might find the Statler Brothers or, or other country artists, and you don't find that today, and that's a right. shame. And it's a shame because so, so we got so people. I just listened to this. Well, if you just listen to that, you're also missing what's going on over here, which is some pretty darn cool stuff, and that's a shame. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest problems the music industry has today. And and it's actually a problem for me breaking into the music industry because nobody knows where to classify me. I mean, our last couple of years, as i push towards radio, I have uh, a rock station say, you're too country for us. Country stations, you're too rock for us. The rock <laughs> stations, some will say, well, you're too vintage rock. The vintage rock will say, well, you're too modern rock. And some people <laughs> say, you're too punk rock. I kind of like when I get called punk rock. <laughs>
0: and- no, it is a pretty big compliment. <laughs> it is.
1: And mm-hmm. it, I come straight, I can think of my, I did a, a cover of the Beatles. I saw her standing there, which is a single I put out in March. And I had a good friend of mine, he was a fellow musician, and he's listening to the drums and he's saying, well, Rich, you should have this beat going, that beat going. He says, it doesn't really fit the song. And I, and I listened to what he wanted. And I said, you want me to do a 60s beat? He's going, yeah. He says, no, if you listen to the music, you listen to the drums. That's lifted right out of Green Day. He goes, huh? And he says, it's a Green Day drumming part. And I said, if you listen to the guitars; it's early '80s Elvis Costello Clash, and he's going, "Huh?" <laughs> and so, and if you listen to the bass, it's a it's a it's a Paul McCartney '60s '70s bass, along with these punk rock guitars, along with a Green Day uh, drummer, and then my distinct vocal style. And suddenly, you got a completely reimagined rock and roll song, and that's my style because all parts. I love, I love the Beatles. I love uh, Elvis Costello. I love the Clash. I love Green Day. I love all these bands. And and it's created a very unique style, which I'm super, super proud of. And it's also been a problem because now I'm having a hard time getting radio airplay. So what I find where I'm really connecting with people is when, when I go straight to Facebook and Instagram and the mm-hmm. average person doesn't get a crap what kind of style of music is. Do they like it or not? That's all they mm-hmm. say. And nice. I'm finding lots of people like what I'm doing. And that's pretty uh, inspiring.
0: Mm -hmm. no that's a it's such a great feeling i have uh obviously i do my podcast and i have another one and then i also i write and whenever somebody like specifically responds to an episode or a topic or something i've written and is says they they were touched moved open whatever it's just such a great feeling like that that opportunity to connect and i'm you know the truth is that for everybody that says they do like there's probably people that don't say anything and then of course there's plenty of people that don't and that's fine too right like we all we all have those places that we fit but it's such a it's such an amazing experience to create something and have somebody connect to it it feels yeah Yeah. there's nothing like it
1: (laughs) and then i I popped your
0: this is your facebook and he uh, so rich is everywhere i popped his uh website up already but this uh that's his handle on facebook or instagram which is one of the better ways to to stay in contact Um, and vote obviously. I'll put that up again. And yes, thanks if you have a chance. Uh, because obviously that'd be pretty cool. Um, oh, be and then, cool. and so what uh, you talked about already sort of your pat, like your, te- your mantra, I guess. What's the best advice that you've either given? Like, I don't know if this ever sort of happens to you if someone asks you something, and it comes out of your mouth and you're like, wow, that was good, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, or, or received in terms of your, you know, life
1: and career. <laughs> um, it's, it's, there's so many little nuggets of things that I've heard along the way. And, um, one of the things that I've, I firmly believe I think has really served me well is that you can learn from anybody in any situation. And so I found that, that, that I, I keep my mind open as possible. I go into situations and no matter what, any social situation, any social setting, I go in with an open mind and I talk to people. And everybody has their own experience. Everybody has their own thing that they bring to the table and whatever. And I find that discussions with people, of any type of discussion, can be completely non-musically, anything is a chance to learn. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a huge advocate of of education, whether it be formal education or education of life, education every day, just learning. And there's no better way to learn than talking to other people and find what their life story is and find what they've – and you realize along the way that it's very humbling Because you realize along the way that everybody has dealt with problems. Everybody's dealt with uh, uh, obstacles and things that have have made life difficult. And you also realize everybody's had that that joy and that passion everything else. And it's part of the human existence and and who we are as people to share that amongst each other and encourage each other. So I'm a huge advocate of, of learn, talk to people, learn with people. And more directly, when you're pursuing something, I firmly believe that you simply have to just keep on going. There's going to be times where you just hear that, hey, you ain't got a kid. Sorry. No matter what you're doing. And you have to say, okay, I'll just keep going forward. Learn from it. Take what the, any constructive criticism that was worthwhile and move forward and don't get defensive. And just keep moving forward. That's what it's all about. I, I love what I do right now. I get up every day and I'm excited about what I have planned for the, that day. And I wasn't able to say that about five, six years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm super, super excited about the, the shift I've done. And I encourage anybody else to really... Uh, 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 no matter what their dreams or passions are to, to find out, find ways to move toward it.
0: Yeah. No. And I think that's such a powerful uh, message that I think we'd see a really different landscape if more people felt that sense of being able to, whether they need to give themselves permission or seek support. If, if more people had that sense of self-determination and, a connection to their passions and I mean we all have to like do stuff right like I I work with like I'm a consultant I work with a lot of different businesses and I my one of my messages is in terms of your your workload it, unless it's about something necessary like you know taxes it needs to be at least energy neutral if not energy positive like if you're working eight hours ten hours a day then it, then you need to make sure that you're you're doing things that either build you up and give you energy or don't take away from you unless it's yeah. one of those like very very limited things that are have to happen. You know? yeah. And and it's a but creating that um creating that thought pattern instead of I don't know why it is that we like many of us equate suffering with work. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there's just like you get further and further yeah. under the the burden of it. And and then obviously people, you know, and there's a lot of things around it. I'm not trying to judge or anything, but mostly to say like that there are places. Almost always you can find a place where you can make a choice to add yeah. some kind of joy to your day. Absolutely. Or to someone else's. And Absolutely. I mean, that's always been my my thing when I've been like overwhelmed, stressed and, and depressed. And like, I don't know if I can do anything to make my life better, but I can ease this person's burdens. Yeah. <laughs> that's something right. And um
1: which indirectly helps yourself too. And we, have, yeah. we all feel good when we help somebody else. There's no question.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's sometimes, and it's also sometimes easier on the outside. Like it's easier to yeah. say, Oh, that would help versus my quagmire of my brain. Um, but <laughs> to, at any rate, to go back to where you were in a, in a, in that moment of, yeah, like that, if, if we could create that space together for one another and for ourselves, like what would that be like to live in a world where that's how mostly where people are, are coming right. from? I, I, I think that'd be better. I'd like it. I imagine I'd like that better. I mean, I don't know because I haven't been there, but I'd like to be. And thank you for being one of the people on that path and sharing your, thank your you. story with us. Thank you. Do you have any other thoughts, nuggets of wisdom, hopes, <laughs> uh, final words that you want to share?
1: <laughs> no, you know, I saw lots of ways you just summarized where I, I sit right now. I'm at a point and i'm for i'm a huge advocate like you said, I said earlier I was an advocate of education but i'm also a huge advocate of, of following your passions and following your dreams stop I, I often tell like i've said many times and i won't ever directly point at somebody like stop making excuses but as a general rule excuses and reasons are two different things and if you have a reason for not being able to do something okay that's tougher but if you're making an excuse stop making it and go for it <laughs> so and, and everything's different because it's all relative every, you know every and i talked about success is internal yeah. so you know we all have so we all exist in certain realities and certain realities sometimes are tough to change certain situations but you can always change your reality to some certain degree and there's success in that and if you change it for the better. There's success in that, and success mm-hmm. is good. No matter what level you achieve it, it's darn good. It's a, it's self empowering, and you find that it's also infectious, and it helps those around you as well.
0: No, that's so, really true. Final
1: words, whatever it is, go for it. That's my, final, it. my final. words. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like it. I'm I mean, gonna. I'll, I'll do something, and has to be like, well, Rich said I had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to
1: sound positive. Iceland, don't don't put any negative stuff on me.
0: No, no, no. Of course not. No, that's blame. We don't do blame here. Ah, yes. Blame's (laughs) What's up with politicians? You can blame the politicians for everything. It's fine. (laughs) But no people, I guess they are people. I don't know. No people I know. Uh, All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for for joining me. I'm going to pop your uh, website up again real quick. Uh, Just definitely go check out what uh, Rich is up to. And I'll put that in the notes as well. So folks can uh, be connected. Um, And then in two weeks, we're going to do another um, show with Stephanie Hearn, who also is following her dreams. She got drunk and started a publishing company. So I'm very interested (laughs) to hear about this. Right. (laughs) Uh Right. And so um, and thank you, everybody, for for being here and for joining us. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: Thanks, everybody.
0: Bye.